You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm. Fem. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Welcome to the FemRegard Podcast Christmas Show. We want to wish you a Merry Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to do that the whole time. But hi, guys. Hey, it's Pam. the holiday season. Happy whatever you're celebrating because all holiday stuff is amazing. And we just love the holiday season because that means making cookies. That means spending time with your loved ones. And that means Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Right, Tessa? Who doesn't love, love a good feel-good Christmas movie? We love a good feel-good Christmas movie. So we thought it would be appropriate to bring on legendary director Angel Gracia, um, who has directed a Lionsgate holiday family comedy, How the Gringo Stole Christmas. When we heard this title, this director, we were like, we have to have him on. I think we both laughed out loud and we were like, yes, yes. this sounds like it's going to be amazing. (laughs) Um, You may remember director Angel Gracia from his feature film directorial debut, the Netflix is from Prada to Nada, a modern Latina-centric story. Um, and now he, this is his next film in, with Lionsgate. It stars the famous um, George Lopez. <laughs> Guys, I can't do these intros. You're going to have to go there. Which stars George Lopez and other fabulous talent, including his wife, Romina Peniche, which we were so delighted that they asked to have her on this call as well, on this podcast as well. Um, Romina ended up pr- being a co-producer as well in this film. Um, and that was such a cool story. I mean, it sounded really hard, but yeah. listeners, I mean, you know, we direct, act, produce, it's a lot. And so to hear it on a higher level, you know, bigger budget, so we think, um, scale, it's like incredible to hear kind of the collaborative experience that Romina had as a role supporting her husband, director, and hell, and how they had to just go through some really difficult things. And then you know, it just comes back to story at the end of the day. You know, we can't preach that enough on the podcast that, you know, if you have a good story, you have a good team, you can make it, you can make those difficult things work for you. So yeah, it's cool to kind of hear their side on the making of the movie and how fun it was, like how enjoyable that process with the actors themselves and coming up with different ideas on the fly really elevated the film at the end of the day. Yeah. I love having guests on like this because, you know, they both have a lot of credits under their belt. Like they've been doing this a long time. And as long as our parents and grandparents have been alive, as they reminded (laughs) us several times. Um, No, I love that though. Um, But, you know, they've been doing this a long time. They have a lot of experience and they have success, you know, but they're still so relatable. Like the experience they Mm -hmm. talk about with this, this movie in particular and some other things that they've worked on. It's like, 
we get it. Like we know what they're going through. And like Carolina said, yes, it's on a higher level. You know, they got Lionsgate behind them. They have name talent. I'm assuming they have more money, you know, but at the same time, it's still that spirit of independent film. You know, they're still doing everything. They're still finding the fixes. They're still getting it done in no time. Oh my God. They had no time to prep. And like, it was such a short production schedule. Like when you guys hear it, we were both like, wait, what? (laughs) So we were like trying to do the math. We're like, when, yeah. It was it was crazy. Um, but again, it just shows like it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. The business is the business and you got to just roll with it. And I mean, it, they are just two delightful humans. So obviously, you know, it, it worked out <laughs> and they like definitely were able to navigate those situations. And I think you guys will enjoy the storytelling of it all. And um, yeah. And all that. So I just want to make sure we highlight that How the Gringo Stole Christmas is in theaters on demand and on digital on December 1st. So, guys, you know, it's, when this episode pops out, make sure you run to the nearest theater or the nearest demand digital, wherever you can get this film and watch it with your family because it's a good family movie. So. Yes. And in the meantime, enjoy this interview with Angel and Romy. Enjoy. Adios. Yes. Well, we were just talking about, you know, I'm half Colombian and half Polish. Where are you guys from? What are your Latin roots? Tell us. I am from Mexico. I was born in Mexico City. My mom is from the south of Mexico and my dad was from Chihuahua. Her mom, you know, she was, she was, they were immigrants from, uh, France and I don't know where else. Okay. And uh, and my grandma was born in Cuba. <laughs> wow. A little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a real deal, though. A real Mexican. A real yeah. Mexican. Yeah, that's right. I was born in Venezuela from Spanish parents. Mm-hmm. But I lived pretty much every decade in a different city or continent. Oh, wow. Or, or planet. And so <laughs> I just identify myself more as a gypsy. Yeah. And that's yeah. how. Why were you traveling so much? <clears throat> when I was in my teens, uh, we had the chance to move to Miami, which is the natural migration or migratory pattern oh, from say. <laughs> Americans who can. You, know, you can swim up to, to Miami. And then from there, I got to Los Angeles. From Los Angeles, I started doing music videos before you were all born back in the late 80s. <laughs> oh, and uh, so I did a I did a video that was a contest video for MTV with Madonna. Mm-hmm. For Madonna, it's a Madonna contest. She wasn't in it, but it was a story for one of her videos, True Blue. Mm-hmm. So that got my career started. So then I figured I had to move to Los Angeles. But then I got music video opportunities making out of Germany for Europe. So I moved to Germany. And then that was MTV uk which began in early 90s so that got me to england mm-hmm. and then i knew at some point i had to come back to the u.s that got me to new york wow. and eventually it bounced off to la so that's my that's, that's so did you know you're the second guest that we've met in this season who was inspired by doing a madonna <laughs> music video and it yeah. launched their career that is so cool shout out to legend madonna at the time, it was like there was nothing. There was no YouTube. There was no nothing, right? It was right. 1986 or seven. I'm a kid and I'm watching MTV. It's the only way you could get music, music right. videos. 
And that I said, I want to do videos. And yeah. then, but I was into like progressive rock, Pink Floyd and Led mm-hmm. Zeppelin and whatnot. And, and then there's a Madonna shows up. Hey, make my video for my song True Blue. And I'm like, oh <laughs> man, that's embarrassing. Uh, um, but there's a chance to, you know, I, I, I want to do this, right? So I went on, yeah. got the record, you know, vinyl, listened oh to it. Oh my God. Wrote the idea, had my sister in it because she was uh, uh, she was younger. So she must have been, I don't know, 15. She was in drama, drama department at the high school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, great. So I'm just going to go and get the whole school. So I actually made my best production ever, which is basically enlist the entire school, get the drama department, get me all the actors, which are all the students. Mm. Get Someone had a T-Bird, 1957 T-Bird. It's true blue, so it's 1950s related music theme. So I just really got to all of that. And he won by the votes from the fans. Mm-hmm. So it was like to put up the 10 finalists and people had to call in to a different number for each video and that register a vote. Wow. It sounds ancient, right? It's like uh, <laughs> I bought a vinyl record, I made a video, I put it on tape, sent the tape via FedEx, and then, you know, it was voted by phone calls. It sounds yeah. nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. Not ancient. ancient. Exactly. But it is crazy how digital, like the digital progressive use of technology these days it's just buttons now like you can just sync it up and there's a lot of respect for having to do something like that you know yeah. the it's a different kind of art entirely that people now have to they want to do anything on film for instance right they have mm-hmm. to really learn the tools and the usage and it's it's a lot it is 10 times harder <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah and i had to shoot uh, at that point on everything on film Mm-hmm. Oh, were so, you shooting on film then? Yeah, basically, well, the Madonna thing I shot on video because I had access to a, a TV camera uh, from the uh, high school, uh, no, a university. So a friend worked at it and said, we can use this camera. And then mm. someone else had the editing. And so I, I, it looked horrible video. So I put a bunch of filters on mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. then I run it to mm-hmm. a TV station from the school's switcher where I was able to remove the color, add a strobe, and make it look like Super A. Okay. Because I didn't want it to look like video, which looked too plastic and too sharp and too weird. And uh-huh. so I had to kind of invent a film look out of necessity with what the tools I had. Now oh you just gosh. click and add a filter. Back then, right. you couldn't. Yeah. And you say this launched your career, but it sounds like you knew what you were doing. So I'm yeah. curious, like before that, how much had you done on your own, you know, trying to get into, into the industry? So before your parents were born, I was shooting <laughs> weddings in Venezuela. So mm-hmm. what happened is, and this is must be like 1980 or 79, right? So there's like no one shot video of weddings. And my dad <laughs> went to Japan, brought a camera, like the first video camera for for a consumer. It was like a box like this mm-hmm. with a hose leading to a heavy deck. That was a Betamax deck, which is like a smaller VHS type deck. And that thing showed up in my house and I was, I grabbed it and started shooting everything there was, right? And I'm like 15. And then we met somehow a photographer who shot pictures for weddings. And my dad says, my kid can shoot your videos for the thing. <laughs> yeah. How did my dad figure that out? And the guy was, <laughs> no, we can charge for that stuff way more. So there I am now shooting weddings following the photographer. His name was Martel, Italian guy. Okay. And I just tag along with two friends holding lamps, blowing up fuses in churches and places, you know, and just shooting. <laughs> so I've been shooting forever and ever. So it's just that I just let it. I was like, but that was a bit boring. So music videos. 
mm-hmm. was and, a more fun way of doing it. Yeah. And when did you step into like a true director role? Because it sounds like you were doing camera op there. I'm like where all. did you find <laughs> Yeah, doing it all. <laughs> when did you feel like you were stepping into a director role? So I got into the music videos and the music videos was kind of an extension of that. Now I got to learn how to shoot on film, 16 and, and, and that stuff. So I'm a director DP shooting and I want to be more storytelling because I'm watching MTV and I want to, I want to be Fincher when I grow up and I'm watching yeah. all the Madonna videos that David Fincher was doing. He was my idol. I still is. He's one of those guys that is continuously innovating and breaking new ground. So so I was like, okay, I want to be more storytelling. So in a way, I began to realize that the gimmick wears out. Mm-hmm. But I did get into special effects in the 90s, doing music videos out of Germany for Europe, like Snap and those kinds of bands, dance stuff. And it was mm-hmm. all very poppy, very flashy with special effects. So it was a long progression where I realized, ah, it's getting boring because mm-hmm. after five years, it looks old. Mm-hmm. So I got to kind of tell stories. So I think it took me a long time to... To, I want to direct actors doing stories. But if you think about it, going back, that first one, the Madonna, was just storytelling. True Blue is basically a story. Mm. So I kind of had to go back to one. And then yeah. what matters is story more than how you shoot it, where you shoot it. Yeah. So he went to learn the technique, and then he came back to his roots. Back to the roots, <laughs> what it's all yeah. about, really. That makes yeah. sense. No, it does make sense. And I feel like a lot of filmmakers who go to school, for instance, right? It's like you're studying so hard to understand how all these lenses and the like the lighting packages that you need and all this other shit, you know, but like, yeah, it always comes back to storytelling. And that's when like, that's why we hired our DP for our first feature film. It's like, he just kept going back to storytelling and how like, that's the most important thing. And we'll figure out everything else. And I was like, yep. That's that's who I want to work with. So I think it's a really important lesson. Yeah. Yeah, you have to keep reminding yourself what it's really all about. All the way up to this movie, I'm sitting there in miserable conditions in Jackson, Mississippi. It's hot. It's <laughs> melting. I have a tiny budget. I got to shoot the whole movie. You have a state of emergency. A state of emergency. Like storms oh and my crazy God. things happening. 100 yeah. degree temperatures. I got to shoot the whole movie in three weeks. So I can't afford this. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. So I was, I went back to one. It's just about what's on the page, what these performers can do and mm-hmm. how can we make mm-hmm. it funny? Even though right now I don't feel funny at all because I'm <laughs> melting, I'm melting yeah. this place. You shot a Christmas movie when you were sweating in like the heat yeah. of summer is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. I shot an East LA Chicano uh, driven uh, Mexican style holiday christmas movie in the middle of jackson mississippi in the summer <laughs> and that is definitely that's kids, crazy that's definitely kids forget filmmaking get a proper job <laughs> this is not very healthy we, we nearly died we were digging ditches we might die tomorrow uh, <laughs> if you die first you push me if you die first i push you uh and, and she's yeah. acting i'm producing and it, it really gets to a point where you're going really do we have to struggle so much to make it was it was it was rough because we lost power also for one week so Mm. you know imagine Mm. then you gotta bring all these trucks with you know with the uh, with the generators yeah and then it's just like it's bad (laughs) but you see every all the actors were super cool 
they, yeah, they were again. they were it came they, down to they that. were playing it came down us. to that that we can't have this we can't yeah. have that we so it's, so it's just them mm-hmm. so you're kind of doing a sitcom but it kind of more rough rough and tumble that and in a way i couldn't say i planned it like that it kind of became right. that necessity <laughs> it has a bit of the documentary style within it yeah but then again, you know, he went back to his roots let's tell mm-hmm. the story and forget about the disaster yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the most yeah. important part. Black magic pocket cameras, so small stuff, small tools, you know, few LED lamps. <laughs> really, just shoot, like how fast can we shoot it? You know, mm-hmm. so I can spend more time with the actors. Yeah, they're like that's where I think you know, again that gets lost on set. The time with the actors, like it's you know, in Tessa Nice careers, it is a little hard to actually get that face time with the director. You know, your low budgets exactly. You want to rush so. If the director's really just distracted with the lighting again and like trying to figure out the next shots, um, you know, it's it's you lose that. So that's actually really special that, and we want to talk about that. I'm sure how like you worked with your actors and you had some incredible talent. Um, and Tessa, you were gonna ask something because I wanted to also circle really quickly to Romina because I don't want her to feel like she got off the hook about. Yeah, it's okay. Don't yeah, Don't no, worry, let's start there. Let's... I, no, no, no. <laughs> Listen, I was something. You're an actor, producer, and I also I want to hear about how you two cuties met. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna just just give me a little sauce, a little yes. you know, sauce. before your grandparents were born. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you guys look amazing. Stop. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I mean, I am. I come from a family of actors, so, uh, but I am also a graphic designer and I was an art director in, a, in an ad agency when I met Angel. I mean, did I meet you there? Really? I, think, I think I met your partner at that time in the agency. Mm-hmm. And then I was also doing auditions. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> and, and this is in Los Angeles or Mexico? No, this is Mexico. Okay. okay. So I went to, um, so I was working in the ad agency and then this guy came and said, Hey, I want to introduce my company to you and my director. So Angel wasn't there. He was just the partner. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Next. Right. And then, <laughs> um, and then I went for an audition and a, and a callback for course light. And I met him in the callback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was he doing at the callback? He was directing. Directing? Yeah, he was okay. directing me. Right? You were like, oh, okay, hi. <laughs> Not really, though. No, no, Did no. Did you no. remember him, or yeah, were you like, hi? He was hitting on me. Like, she was hitting on me. Not yes. at all. I was going out with someone else <laughs> at uh, that time. Uh, uh, yes. So I met him there, and then anyway. So long story short, I. You know, I shot this commercial course light. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. Um, well, I shot this commercial. You can clip it. Sure. I shot yeah. this commercial and then um, Angel was there. It was two days. And the next day I was just, you know, okay, well, nice to meet you all. I am leaving. Bye. And Angel is like, wait, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Well, of course, right? <laughs> right. I get so it. So that's how, that's how we he knows what he wants. We love it. Good job. Yeah. That's how we met. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I feel like this hasn't 
is well I should just ask is this the first project you two have worked together on I have a feeling <laughs> it's not well no no I mean you know I I was just doing my own things because I am a graphic designer actress um her own woman know. she's got a whole slate of things she's busy yeah I was just okay. doing my own things and then <laughs> you know once in a while when we shot something together I you know I tagged that along or I don't know, help me with the cameras, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, you know, things like that. I was just helping him, basically, yeah. his project. Mm -hmm. But then I feel like in this particular movie, uh, well, also he has directed me in projects where I don't work as a crew member. Because mm -hmm. when I work with him, I work as a crew member, but sometimes I've worked only as an actress and he has directed me just you know as an actress director the cliche mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then um and then um in this project i feel like i i became i became a producer like a co-producer because mm -hmm. i started this project with um uh, being an associate producer just you know helping them with the with with the decks with the graphics with the presentations with you know whatever they needed right mm -hmm. and then uh and then on set i was helping you know the art director and the wardrobe and this and that i was just helping at the beginning before starting started shooting yeah and then because we had so many challenges <laughs> i had to step in and really yeah. get my hands dirty as a co-producer really like doing a lot of things um and then when we finished uh i you know one i i, I don't know if i should say this well we had a problem with, with one person that had to to stay there with us working and he just left so oh. basically i had to do all his work oh boy and That's um and uh, so that's how I became a co-producer. But the cool thing about it is that I was working with the with the women at Patriot Pictures, which, you know, they are amazing. And uh, they taught me <laughs> a lot of things in an intense three months. And then I was working with the uh, lawyers at Lionsgate, uh, Grindstone. So it was just like, wow i mean all these people basically they are willing to help you because you 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 know you have to deliver a movie and right? you learn a lot and it's 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 very intense it's very difficult but at the same time is it's rewarding when you do something right yeah it's nice. right mm -hmm. well she you became guys a producer. Did something right yeah she <laughs> a producer far beyond what she had expected <laughs> yeah that's mm -hmm. true or even I expected, because, you know, one thing is to talk about it, and the other thing is when you're in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you have to put out fire, real fires. I'm talking like big fires, forest <laughs> fires. So, it's, it's, but, and this happens all the time in movies, but in this, in this time, given the, the restraint, we had a week and a half of pre-production. Wow. And we had to Whoa. shoot the movie in 14 days. Oh, Wow. one of the key producers became a, neg a negative force, not to get into mm. the details. So she had to step in and fill in those shoes. And that was all the way until deliverables. Mm. And you probably know that delivering a movie goes far beyond video and picture <laughs> and audio. It has to do with about 150 contracts. And if all of them are not fulfilled properly, 
and half of them had to be redone because they were all done incorrectly. <sighs> so she, with the lawyers and the producers, had to put that together. And we're still doing that as we speak. Yeah. Well, we're so, not doing so, contracts anymore. We're just doing something else. We're paperwork, working on final yeah, paperwork. paperwork. Yeah. yeah. Tax rebate paperwork and all exactly. that stuff. So producer is you know, half of it is the creative aspect of it, which is what she was doing. And the other right. half of it is all the highly technical bureaucratic stuff that you have <laughs> to do yeah. because you gotta return the money to the investors plus the rebates part of the deal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So so you know she really became a proper producer and the studio named her a officially sign a contract you're a co-producer in this thing you're saving her ball yeah Marina, congrats yeah. thank you yeah that, that was, was huge you survived you did yeah, it i did yeah i think that, i think the main thing is like i i don't know for me it's like i don't think about it i just need to go and do it mm -hmm. it's like i i am over there i need to go there i am my eye is there I yeah, think right. that if you stay here and wallow about it and you feel your misery, <laughs> you can't move forward. You yeah. have to put your eyes in front of you. And it's great. more fragile on set. Like you can't oh. let that get in the way. You just need to problem solve on the fly. It's, you know, we've both been there too. And yeah. like, there's no time for that. There's no, no. time for wallowing. Like yeah, no, 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 no. And and then you have a lot of people also on set that are, they have opinions, they behave erratically, they you know, they are yeah. rude, etc. But also you have a lot of people that are super nice. They know how to do their jobs. So it's like you don't have time to uh, fire anyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just have to work with the people that you have, unless it's uh, you know life or death situation that you need to do something drastically about it but you just need to keep going and solve everything you need to do i know top yeah. of that she's acting ah, yeah so well, that's the other one so now we're putting all these fights and all okay you're in this scene drop that stuff clean up now yeah. we're gonna be funny I mean, that yeah, sounds like our feature that we worked on this year. Carolina and I, um, we both starred in it. We both produced it. Carolina directed it as well. And, you know, when I tell people about it, people that are familiar with like our production company and the level that we're at, they get it. Like we knew, they knew we were doing it all, which sounds like what you guys were doing as well. But you know, some people it's like to them, they just hear like, oh, we were a producer on this project and you started in it. It's like, no, like we literally did everything. <laughs> and you know, yeah. that's what goes into independent filmmaking, low budget filmmaking. And then, you know, you guys had the pressure also of already being connected with Lionsgate. And it's like, you can't oh, just yeah. like, make this happen whenever you want at your own convenience like you have to deliver you know a quality project a, a deadline a and a schedule if you don't yeah. meet it they don't take it it's yeah. really crazy though there's you know what like, i mean there's a minimum guarantee with the deadline and that deadline was about half the time you would need normally if everything oh. went well oh <laughs> so we've made this movie in five months from beginning to end to deliver it that's to make it for december wild. 1st and that's <laughs> that exactly wild. half the time you would have needed to do something like this for a studio where you have so much paperwork yeah. and so many uh, uh, deliverable items, right? The different yeah. versions, different configurations, different subtitles, yeah. different framings, different all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, no, I I work at that. I work in post-production, localization, and mastering. So I get the deliverable <laughs> side and that is an insane time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It never ends. Yeah. Oh, no, you, you, <laughs> you're, missing, you're missing this. You can see this reflection, this the spelling on this. I mean, Oh boy, here we go. Get up back, unlock, redo, re expo all night. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the QC is brutal, my friends. 
What now, a, like four QCs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what movie did you make? What is the name of your movie? Our it's, film is called Sync, S-Y-N-C, and we're in post-production for it right now. So. Oh, okay. And it's is that is that is a feature? Yes. Yes. Oh wow! Congratulations! Nice. You survived. Yeah. You're still there. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did it in 11 days, which we thought was crazy. So it's like kind of cool to hear what you guys created and did because it's very um, what's the word? Um, like let's uh, see, crazy no. say like very just advantage not advantageous i always want to say ambitious so no. ambitious and so hard to do but you know we had more than we a few months of pre-production we pre-production the shit out of our film because yeah. we know like when you have a certain number of days you gotta like be super productive and and just very clear with like everything that's happening and of course stuff still happens as we all know we can't yeah always. Know, predict everything. <laughs> always yeah but we were that we definitely felt like we had that chunk of time for pre-production um which reminds me the question i had was also like how did you guys come across the story and if you want to share a little bit of the story with our audience um and like why you got attached to it mm -hmm. It's so a long story, though. When I, I'll try not to make it boring, but when I did From Prada to Nada about 10 years ago, the executive from the studio who I knew from Ridley Scott's company, Lisa mm -hmm. Elsie, so I used to be in that company doing TV commercials, and I wanted to make movies, so I befriended her. Nothing happened, but then when she, three years later, she calls me from Lionsgate, and I go, Angel, Elsie here. How are you? I have to talk fast. Good news, bad news. I got a movie for you. Bad news. You only have a week to prep it. It's all been prepped, but we need to kind of replace the director. <laughs> and uh, so here I am now. That's quite a call. Firing up the press, yeah. fire up the press machine, reading the script, taking a, that was a Saturday, take a meeting on Monday. I have to fly Tuesday to start shooting the following Monday, a movie I don't know anything about. <laughs> Oh so perhaps this is the Prada, company, from Prada to Nada, right? From Prada to Nada, yeah. So I should call okay. my company Last Minute Productions. If you yeah. give me prep, I won't know what to do with you. It's a yeah, good, it's a good name. People will go for that. Huh? Yeah, right? People will go for that in this industry. There's a lot of hurry up and wait. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm still in prep for that movie and this one. I feel like. Wait, and then you were going to say that you got the other script. Oh, oh yeah, so then I went off of the Sorry, the ADHD. Demon, yes. demon. It's okay, we'll go back. We're good at circling back. Give me my leash. So then the executive, Lisa, who gave me that film goes, Angel, you gotta read this thing. It's hilarious, right? So she hands me the, the script. And uh, back in the days, we used to use paper, print it. 10 years ago, <laughs> it feels like, oh my God. And uh, so laugh out loud stuff. So I meet uh, Ezekiel Martinez, the, the writer. Mm -hmm. And uh, we befriended each other, and we had the movie Greenlit shortly after that, uh, 10 years ago. But then we okay. couldn't get the actor that the studio wanted negotiated in time, and we missed the window, and the thing got, got uh, canceled after uh, a month of pre-production. So here mm -hmm. I go. I was finally going to have prep time. And then, yeah. you know, and then a few other misses, then back to advertising. And then we tried a couple more times, but I always thought this is a funny story to tell. And I want to tell, you know, funny, broad comedies with a social commentary with Latinos in it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it comes around, but 
who can play in it? Pretty much only George Lopez, right? Yeah. It's like that movie, uh, Binyal Malkovich. You need to have Malkovich, otherwise you don't have that movie. <laughs> yeah. So this could have been called, you know, how the Gringo Store, George Lopez is Christmas. And if it's not George Lopez in it, you can't make it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very limiting that way. But when, so once he said yes, it was all great. So now we can maybe make it. But I got to say that story 10 years ago with the other actor that we had. I mentioned. Yeah, we're not going to mention the name, <laughs> but with the other actor that they had attached, um, it worked. But I feel this movie is perfect mm-hmm. for George Lopez. Yeah. It's just, it fits in. It seems that Ezekiel was thinking about George Lopez when he wrote the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, in, in reality, all the characters are inspired in his life, his, his true friends and family all the characters Aww. so yeah it's it's, a, it's a cool movie yeah. yeah he's born and raised in east la and this is really the way his friends and family talk you know and so mm-hmm. so it's grounded on reality and then it's very funny i think as a kid it's like a chicano tarantino and then uh and then we just made it more so by allowing all the actors to bring their own uh, way of Self-stool. doing it and their own improvisation. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I know you talk about improvisation, but I, they were, yeah, it was just a. They were, we were following the story, the line story, all the lines and everything, and then you know a little banter in Spanish, which it wasn't really written in Spanish, mm-hmm. but because Mariana is Mexican and I am Mexican, I feel like we can say <laughs> things that to you know among us that nobody else can say i feel mm-hmm. i don't know it was it was it was a cool chemistry with the characters but we had a lot of improv coming from george from you, from well, george from the <laughs> guys playing the vatos uh so the guys playing the vatos are content creators influencers the three of them what yeah oh that's if, cool if you, if you search them they got gazillions of followers <laughs> and so and they're helping promote the film now because they're, they're actually marketeers. They're, they're genius marketeers and uh so i was casting actors and i was looking at them mm-hmm. and i just thought oh risky such little time you want like train actors who know how to memorize the lines repeat right. hit the marks and move on and uh so i was a little afraid of someone who's used to doing self selfie content stuff mm-hmm. thing. That yeah. they have that discipline. So I had zooms and callbacks, and I sort of said, you know, if you really memorize your lines, if you really do that, then we can play. But if you don't memorize your lines, every time you miss, I'm going to cut a finger off, right? <laughs> so they didn't want to lose their fingers because they need them, right? For, I'm for going to have to use that. I'm going to have to use that in my next film. That's uh, right. <laughs> so they really, they really learned the stuff. And then, so, and they thought I was going to be really, really strict. And once we got there, it was like, no, no, I want to hear what you have to say, you know? Yeah. And then, boom. And then they really went a funny, crazy, her character, clearly, you know, <laughs> all over the place. She's like the Mexican Phoebe. And, uh, Did you watch the movie? Did you watch it? No. No, we haven't gotten a screener yet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you had the screener. So I don't no, want to reveal the much of anything else. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh. You see, you can, oh, yes. Mariana, okay. well, Mariana is just, she can keep going, right? If you don't switch her off, <laughs> you, you, can, you can leave set. That is she'll true. Be, she'll still going on until the next day. Hey, Angelito, pero, mira, Angelito, es que, uh, 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 just tell me this, Angelito, Angelito. 
Yeah. She talks like that. It's really funny though. I like Love it, it a lot. Aww, well, for our listeners weird. too, because we got to read at least a little bit what the movie is about. If you can share for our listeners, just kind of a brief, you know, storyline and kind of theme, you know, that sort of thing. So George Lopez um, uh, plays Benny, who is a traditional uh, Mexican-American Chicano who wants to celebrate Christmas with the family, Mexican style, con los abuelos, las abuelitas, and all the drunks and the neighbors and the crazies and all that other stuff, and his little girl. <laughs> Or him, his little girl, mm. is like eight years old in his mind, or ten max. Emily Tosta. So uh, she shows up, a woman with her boyfriend, <laughs> and her boyfriend happens to be a white American boy. <laughs> so you'll see, you see that in the trailer, and you can imagine that that might be a problem. <laughs> and so it's really about uh, coming together mm. and overcoming your mental obstacles about uh, culture, about tradition, and about your own family growing mm -hmm. up, and you growing up. So it does have a nice social commentary be behind a, a really funny uh, comedy where it's sort of an envelope. Yeah. I love that because, you know, in this day and age, I feel like we get so many just very standard, like lifetime Hallmark Christmas movies. And that's not to say they're bad. They're fun, you know, but it's really fun for me personally when we get like a really good like Christmas comedy that, yeah, it's like it still makes you feel good. Of course, it's Christmas. Like you want to feel good about it, you know, but it actually makes you laugh and like you really enjoy it for the whole comedy that it is. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, embraces it's, it's, the culture side yeah. of things and has like, I love that it's written by like a Chicano who like really can speak to that because yeah. I'm sorry, you can really sell when, you know, a production company wants to make a more diverse, inclusive film and it's not written by those people. And so then it just doesn't land. And then you yeah. have like talent, like your wife, like being able to really bring in that energy. It's so just... I, I'm so excited to watch it. I think it's going to really like do it justice for what you guys wanted yeah. it to be. Yeah. yeah, and I think you see, in a way, it's like I was there, you know, all the difficulties and all the, you know, we can complain all day about how difficult it is to make a film. Yeah. But when it got down to it, because of that, mm -hmm. it just came down to script characters, right? And then it was like the moment I was there with them and it was action and I'm laughing. <laughs> when I really, I really feel like I was right before the same action. I wanted to cry, right? Because everything was so difficult to get there. Right. So you go, oh, because that's what's about, you know? And so can we just take it further, you know? And then all of them would just come out and say something crazy. And I'm going, you know, sometimes I just pan the camera and say, George, can you say that again? But on camera, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do you call him? You know, and it's like, and so it, it, we could tell that they appreciated it and I appreciated it. And it was like a way to survive it. So in a way, it kind of directed itself also. I take some credit, but it kind of, the whole group kind of moved with it mm -hmm. and I guided it. And, and it, I think it became better because of that, even though it had very a lot of limitations. It, it feels very, I, I feel like the characters have a lot of chemistry. All of us, it looks like a family. Everybody, Jack has a lot of chemistry with Emily. Emily has a lot of chemistry with, George, Mariana, it's like everybody has chemistry together. The Vatos with us. And it's full of Latinos, right? Which right. is great because, uh, I mean, the only gringo <laughs> uh, is Jack. Yeah. The real American guy, yeah. uh, which is cool. And right. I, I feel like he also felt um, 
in family. Like he he was yeah. you know he he was comfortable working with us, which mm-hmm. is really nice. And how did how did you guys be like find that chemistry, especially when you had limited time? Like how did that develop? I Out think that is. I, yeah, I think I think that is something that it's just everybody is. I I feel is the personal the personality of each one is just so likable and and mm-hmm. nice, and they don't have big egos or anything, not Mariana, George, uh, Emily, Jack, they are all super down to earth. The, you know, the, the influencers also, they were super down to earth. Everybody was like, we got lucky really because in a way, you know, in an advertising, I've had to work with some celebrities that, (laughs) well, it's like, really, you're getting paid that much and Mm -hmm. you're complaining about what? Yeah. So, so you have to kind of say, well, you never know until you get there. And then the extreme circumstances sometimes gets the worst out of people. Mm. In this case, everybody just huddle in and let's do this. And and so, it really is a bit of luck too, you know, that those all coincided and worked so well together. Yeah, yeah it worked really well. Yeah. And I yeah. didn't know because my <clears throat> my character, to be honest, is very similar to my personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, I didn't know, sometimes I, I said something out of place and I didn't know if George was going to feel uncomfortable, but he's like, Hey, Rami, can you say that again, please? Aren't you going to record? Aren't you going <laughs> to laugh? And I'm like, are you okay with that? Yeah, 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 laugh. It's like, you know, she laughs in the awkward situations and it's just. Her laughter is very contagious. It's just <laughs> yeah. part of it. And this kept the, the, the camera, the iPhone, and said, okay, I need, I need another angle on this. You, you keep shooting. Mm-hmm. So I actually used my A cam, B cam, and C cam. Wow. Yeah. Built into the, into uh-huh. the thing. So the yeah. film is less designy. It's a little more spontaneous. The way they okay. Yeah. And did that follow into the edit? Like you just kind of left that kind of movement of where the shots we'll, kind of go into different yeah. directions? Yeah. We let it flow a little bit. In, and in a way also because since I cannot rehearse as much as I would want to, I can mm-hmm. only rehearse the action of the characters. I cannot really rehearse too much camera with actors. So that choreography, I had to take a step back and organize it in a way where I was able to capture it mm-hmm. and follow it and then let the camera point of view be a little more erratic, trying to find it. It's not a handheld crazy one, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like, the, it's almost like the cameraman, the cameraman wants to frame properly, but then something goes off and, oh, it's over there. And yeah. so it has a bit of a bit of that, like the cameraman wasn't cued into the thing. And I often was the cameraman. So I was kind of like, sometimes it's like, okay, let's do this. And I'm, you know, moving the camera on the slider and panning. And, and then I'm yeah. looking at, I'm looking at camera B here. It's like, make sure you're tighter. Okay, good. I'm going to slide this around. Do it one more time. And it's in a way it became a thing by spontaneous combustion. Yeah. Sounds like you just can't get your hands not on the camera, Angel. You need to work it in there. That's part of your directing. Yeah. <laughs> Once the cameraman, but I don't recommend it. I actually didn't want to do that. I'd much rather, in narrative, I'd much rather mm-hmm. set it up. And I usually sit on an Apple box between mm. the lenses and the, and the actors very close to look at performance once this is set up. Mm-hmm. But given the circumstances I was in, <laughs> I had to grab one of the cameras if I wanted to have it, you know, and plus I couldn't design everything and rehearse it too much. 
So out of necessity, mm-hmm. in a way, I was making it up as I was doing it and I was running out of time. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't explain that to someone unless that cameraman was someone who worked with me a lot and did and that was so right. So you know so that right. made me do that, but I wouldn't want to do it. I didn't do it in Prada. I just sat between the cameras and focused on the actors. Yeah. I mean it sounds like it works because so much of it was like kind of on the fly, you know, that yeah. the way that the camera movement and everything was kind of tells its own story you know it makes it makes the camera almost a character and kind of to inflect a mood of like you know maybe you're panning and then all of a sudden like what was that you know and that's what happened in real life you're really going wait what was that and the camera catches that too so i mean that's like it's kind of a happy accident you know that that it ended up adding to it it sounds like yeah yeah Yeah, i had to embrace it it was like okay i won't can do this can do that can afford this can okay fine then this yeah Either that or I jump in the ditch. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Well, she wouldn't let like me jump in the tack- ditch. What's that? She wouldn't let me jump in the ditch. She kept me above. <laughs> That's what a good producer is for. <laughs> you know, he signed a contract. I got to deliver this thing. You know, she reminded me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but that's really cool that you have this now. I feel like good standing relationship with Lionsgate because that's huge. And mm-hmm. do you feel like that's a relationship you further want to do more and, and produce more with them and hopefully get more time? Lionsgate. Working on it. Working on it as we speak. My wish that maybe the third one I can have pre-production. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's just so crazy because like I'm, I'm sure our this. listeners will be like, whoa, like, is this what it's like when you get up to the top? <laughs> it's like not in commercials. In commercials, I have more prep time. So I do know what it feels like to having three weeks of prep for a 30 second mm-hmm. commercial. You know? <laughs> so, you know, I, I know what to do with it. You know, plan stuff, scout better, get better wardrobe. Yeah. You, know, you have more choices. I feel like it's also about um, finding the right people to work with because Absolutely. Angel already worked with Lionsgate with Prada, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm, but it was another company inside of Lionsgate. Now I feel like we got the company that we want to keep working with inside Lionsgate, Grindstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get us. Like yeah, these guys awesome. understand what Latinos are. And I really like that because. It's like, I want to see the movie. They saw the movie without the subtitles. Then we put on the subtitles and it's like, oh my God, yes, I love it. And they were just pushing for the, you know, because it's a lot of banter in Spanish. It's mainly English, but it's a lot of banter in Spanish, you know, slang, uh-huh. um, Mexican slang. So it's it's very funny. It's very funny in English and it's very funny in Spanish. I feel like, the writer did an amazing job and uh, the editors did an amazing job. Angel did an amazing job and the whole thing comes together really nice. And when, and, and then, you know, Lionsgate, they saw this and, and they like it. They mm-hmm. want more of this. Well, cause that, a lot of the times that studio could also say, Hey, cut back. Like, I don't understand what this is exactly. and like, edit the crap out of it. So the exactly. fact that they loved it, yeah, I can imagine feeling after what you guys have been put yeah. through too, that <laughs> that feeling of acceptance and recognition and, and support is just invaluable yeah. for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we're we're moving on meeting about the next one. So oh. so it's it's already you know it's, it's a it's a work in progress thing, and obviously fixing all the pitfalls and mistakes and mm-hmm. and uh, but but um, it comes from a great writer friend of mine, a British guy. His name is Pierce Ashworth. Wrote a brilliant comedy. I've been trying to make it also for about ten years, and uh, and uh, it wasn't meant to have Latinos in it. But I immediately there's four lead characters. I immediately turning two of them into Latinos. And I'm, and I'm bringing uh, most of the cast from Gringo onto that film because now that it worked out, also a way to, to make that work. Mm-hmm. So you're still doing a broad international film, but it's going to have the fun stuff that comes from that culture and the nuances and all that. And so basically they'll, they'll come on board most likely and, um, and a few new actors. So I look forward to taking it to the next level, you know? Yeah. Uh- awesome yeah like how many directors they actually use the same cast mm-hmm. like uh many do yeah mike flanagan <laughs> uh-huh yeah mike flanagan uses the same cast or you know all the time or um lucas corsese keeps shooting with robert de niro yes yeah. it's like they use the same cast all the time i feel like yeah you need just to find your people Mm-hmm. and you can That's move great advice for our listeners like you find yeah. your people you find the people you go you get through something difficult and still make something amazing and that's like what we are about too i'm like you if you don't think i'm gonna want to hire the same people we worked on with our feature you're like you're crazy we had an incredible team yeah. and like i just want to get us a bigger budget so i can honestly just pay them more because they're yeah. amazing you know yeah. like it's i don't need the fancy things like just want to keep it doing it with these talented humans who helped us make something great so respect to that yeah they help you get to this level right so when you grow you call them so they also grow with you yeah it's like i feel like you have to be grateful also with the people that are helping you throughout the process yes Mm -hmm. Uh, i want to stuck it out and be nice to you that's the thing like those people that weren't nice to me sorry Bye. Yeah. Oh my God, it's all about the people. It's all about the people. I know. Yeah, it's yeah, all I... about the people. Yes. And your attitude. And yeah, you have to have good attitude. First of all, I don't care if you are the guy that is, you know, moving the cars or if you are the big star, you have to have Always. good attitude. Absolutely. Yeah. It it makes such a difference when you do versus when you don't. And when you don't, you're not going to get hired again, honey. It's just oh, not no. like you have to, like you said, sometimes you just have to stick it through. Like you have no choice. You're in Mississippi. It's summer. like you got to make this film. <laughs> but I, I mean, it's just so crazy how poisonous that it's like I've seen people just fire people on set because it's like you can't move forward when someone's like, you know, being. Mm-hmm. a certain kind of way so i'm yeah. glad that you guys stuck it through and that you plan on hiring these people and bringing again more latinos to the forefront like that's what i feel like is a yeah. and a good oh, ethos to have um, What's oh, that? um hello i'm here to hire i'm an actress <laughs> i'm also a producer we can help paperwork yeah. we're, yeah. we're ready where did you guys shoot your movie in los uh, angeles yeah oh uh, you see that's nice i wish you've had to do it again yeah well we were like listen we tell the story a lot and i'm sorry listeners but we shot our first project which was a western and we thought since we were in california this is years ago now like we we just had moved here we just decided to become filmmakers and i i say that as to sum it up but we thought you know 
we're in the wild west let's just shoot a western that's easy and (laughs) it was not (laughs) we talk about fires floods horses stuntmen guns and we're directing and acting on the horses and the oh but we also trouble yeah, we were, we were asking for trouble. So we learned that maybe for our first feature film, not to do that. A romantic comedy, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one set. Yeah. You know, that's why, yeah, keep it minimal locations, like, you know, easy commute. <laughs> no one's on a horse. Yeah. So we were able to really execute this film. You know, it's always crazy, but less, less craziness. And you we like, my my one of my teachers Leslie Khan she always says dare to suck if you don't suck you don't learn so you gotta just try it and that's why we are so proud of that project we really are I mean it's now just like a a two and a half minute proof of concept that we do hope and dreams for one day to make it a a true western film but man it taught us to be brave and to be bold so and to just jump in yeah just dive in but yeah producer actors you know where to call us well tell our listeners <laughs> yeah when is this movie coming out where to go see it so is this december 1st and it's um uh, oh come on angel you can do better than that let's roll it back roll it back <laughs> take two and action you can see how the gringo stole christmas Super cool movie with George Lopez and a great cast like this wonderful woman. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be in theaters and streaming December 1st. Just uh, <laughs> back Google it. This woman is Romy Peniche, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. You know, they, they are listening. <laughs> oh, yeah, listen. It's a podcast. The woman is my wonderful wife, producer, actress, genius, uh, and everything in between. Amazing. And also for our listeners, if you guys want to share, if you have any social media, websites, all that jazz, so they can follow after this movie's out whenever you're making the next thing. Yeah. So hashtag how the gringo stole Christmas will take Mm -hmm. you to the to the handle. We're beginning to post a lot now this weekend, two weeks to to launch. Mm -hmm. And um, through us and through the uh, content creators, uh, social media guys, we're having a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. That is going to show bits and pieces and so a lot of have, fun behind the scenes. We oh, have fun. How the Gringo Sold Christmas hashtag. Uh, we have uh, Instagram, How the Gringo Sold Christmas. Mm-hmm. We have his handle is Angel Gracia. Mm-hmm. Mm, for Instagram, mine is Romy Peniche. And then, you know, we have Legend, uh, Mexican Ways. We have How, uh, no. Can I love Cisco? Tony directs. Those are the handle names. Those are the influencers. For, for influencers. Okay. okay. We're going to. Uh, yeah. But if you go to How the Green for Christmas, you'll see them and, tag, and, and they lead you because they all recorded stuff and they're putting out. And oh, we have a ton of behind the scenes that we're going to start releasing. We just went Amazing. to like a hard drive, a terabyte of stuff. So it's a fun. Okay, great. Really we'll have fun. to search and share as well. Like, yeah, especially I'm for yeah. podcast. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, oh, this is well. fun. It's fun. Once you we see it like that, you know, sitting you know with air conditioner and everything is like, <laughs> oh, this is fun. <laughs> it was worth it after all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm beginning to enjoy the process of shooting it now. Post mortem. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I look happy. I was having fun, and the actors are funny, and you don't feel the heat. You know, it's not so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. right. 
I, I totally understand. And it's relatable as we are yeah. in post now. I can be like, oh, okay, this is now getting fun. Cool. Yeah. We're going to watch your movie too. We're going to check it out because we want to watch it. And um, yeah. Well, let's stay in touch. Yeah. We'll have you guys back on for your next movie or, you know, happy. This was such a lovely conversation. You guys are the best. Like, honestly, so easy to talk to. And mm -hmm. thank you for being just so real. And and yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to invite you guys back on. Yes. Thank you. Thank chicas. you, Carolina Tessa. Muchas gracias. Thank you. Muchas gracias. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Okay. Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at FemRegard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.